This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Nomad Futurist. This is your host, Nabil Mahmood from Orlando, Florida. This is your co-host, Philip Koblenz from Orlando, Florida. And this is Ivo Ivanov, live from Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the show. Let's start to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, 44 years old, a great age to report about my life. I hope on the first half of it, please, right? <laughs> we made it. Yeah, and I have been born in, in, in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, which is the second largest city in this country. And after the first year of um, university, I started my law studies there in Bulgaria. I decided to continue in Germany. And this is how I left my home country and started uh, a new life, you can call it like that, in Germany. So I have spent now more than the half of my, my current life in, in Germany. So the, the first half was in Bulgaria, around 21 years and now 20, 23 years have been living in Germany. But what I must say, guys, is that what you're doing here, I have been doing this in the school and I have been working as a radio, a private uh, radio station moderator, as an anchor. I had a weekend show. Um, it was about a lot of fun music and, and bullshit in general. As you go listen this age, it was prime time Saturday in this um, in these years. It was we're talking about the early nineties. Prime time Saturday was something around what the, the show was between three and five p.m. in the afternoon. Why was prime time? Because this was the time where people in the age of fifteen to to twenty five thirty. This was the the, the audience. They started preparing for a great Saturday night party. Yeah. We tried to 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 guide them on which clubs are the best and uh, what they wanna what they wanna do tonight, what they tomorrow, and and a lot of other jokes. So afterwards, I even um, um, did a TV show for one year. It was probably not one of the things I must be proud of because the format was um, a really um, shitty one, and I feel a bit ashamed about this today. But at that point of time, it was a nice family-friendly show, kind of. So you're a reality movie star. Uh, come on, <laughs> not, to, not, not to that degree, but at least I got my media experience in, in, um, in early years, in, in the years during the school. So before the real, and how my father called it, the, the serious life started with, with the low status and then, then the German phase in my life, I started in the year 1990s. So we'll get to that just so everyone knows that on our podcast, we don't talk about partying. We are creating <laughs> awareness about data center, the technology, and trying to guide the younger generation to get into our space. However, if you need to know which are the most hopping nightclubs in Bulgaria or Germany, your man is DJ Ivo Ivanov. How? Uh, can you say that again? That felt so good. <laughs> All right. So you have the law studies. You have, you know, the DJing, the, the, the reality TV show, star. the reality TV star. And I'm sure everyone's going to start Googling to try to buy clips of this reality show. I know, I know I will right after the show is done. Alyssa, can you get on that, please? The right to be forgotten. So how do you get from that to, to what you are today? Just a, a beacon of uh, interconnectivity in, in the internet space. Well, that's a, that's a very good question. And it, it, it has a relation to a common friend, Frank Olofsky. Mm -hmm. We, Phil and I know. 
why in was 2006. So Frank at that point of time was head of business development in Dickix Frankfurt. And, and there was a decision to start approaching this, the Eastern European market. Inviting all the Eastern European networks that was from Russia and, and the, all the, all the Eastern and Southeastern European networks to, to, to establish a presence in Frankfurt and start peering in Frankfurt that they, they, they establish a, a, a strong network setup with one of the data centers and so forth and so on. And at that point of time, I was already engaged with DKIX, but as a lawyer, I was, I was head of the legal department, corporate legal, et cetera. And one advantage I had in my pocket was the Russian language. So I speak Russian. And Frank and myself, we decided that it can be a very good idea if we do the trip together, the first trip to Moscow. As, and we did it. And we, we had a lot of discussions with, with operators, Russian operators at that point of time. We met in a, in, a, in a Russian pub at minus 30 degrees Celsius outside where the drivers of the buses sitting inside, they were waiting in front of the in front of the pub and, and the engines were on for two and a half hours. So this was this time in Russia, times in Russia where the, 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 the business and political landscape were dictated by this type of individuals, people, individuals, they have created companies and, and they dominated the philosophy of those companies. So and these guys, great, great personalities at the same time, they met Frank and myself. I learned a lot about peering, learned about how, how beautiful it can be to be in Frankfurt and interconnect with Central and West European networks. But at the same time, I started uh, learning a lot about the business from meeting to meeting, and I felt in love with data center and interconnection, I must say. So very interesting start. Why I felt in love is because the business is so interesting and, and it's a universe of, 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 of different individuals, if we talk about the people, but it also is a universe of different business models of, let's say, services, products, uh, ideas, uh, very creative approaches. You can, you, can, you can never get bored about the, um, what the industry has to offer. And I started counting the number of data centers I have visited over time, starting in this year, 2006. And by, by last year, I was at 275 different data centers from four continents. Some people count national parks. Some people count amusement parks. Some people count stamps in a passport. Ivo counts data centers. Yeah, and huh? he was just breaking the ice, literally. <laughs> what did you practice when you were an attorney? I, I did uh, commercial law with a strong focus on media and telecoms law. Um, already in the millennium years, uh, and we all know that these were the years where uh, a lot of uh, things happened on the regulatory side, the regulation of telecommunication, along with the liberalization. But of course, a lot of policies has been created, have been created. A lot of operators they started established business, so that the entire landscape became very colorful, very a very dynamic one, and there was an exciting time. So. This is what, what makes me so happy till today is to be able to meet so interesting people from different aspects in our industry, from the content side, from the content delivery side, distribution side, data center folks, and nowadays even enterprise representatives exchange ideas about crazy products, brainstorm about the future of our industry. And this, this makes me feel so close to the global infrastructure, telecoms, internet infrastructure village. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You had that reason to get into the space. Stepping back in time, when you were going to college or you decided to pick up law, <laughs> why did you end up picking communications as an area to practice? In, in the law area. Exactly. Because I, uh, probably because of my kind of a media background, like, like the radio show and the TV. So it was not telecommunication only. At that point of time, there was no a course on telecommunication only. It was media and telecommunication. So telemedia services, like uh, the entire spectrum of content-driven applications on the web, mainly the web services, etc., along with infrastructure. So, so it, it became more specific over time. At that point of time, it was media and telecommunications. So telecom so, was an offshoot of media. Media was really what you were going for. Media was 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 the initial the initial spark, Chris. And then I, over time, I, I I I of course went deeper into into the the law specifics of telecommunications infrastructure regulation, etc. So one well, word one word that 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 keeps on coming up, and and we've said it on the podcast over time that people don't necessarily associate with our industry is this idea that it is an industry you can get into. And, and really get your creative juices flowing. Cre Nobody thinks, I think from the outside, when you describe what our industry is, you know, people think of it in terms of, you know, numbers and, and programming and, you know, computer people and all that. But there is that create, creative element to it that's really uh, amazing. Can you speak to, you know, maybe an example of how you have seen creativity in, in our space? I have seen creativity in, in many different senses. How data center operators, for instance, they they decide to open up a market, not necessarily with the setups they they have been used to in other markets. So there are there is an example how a data center operator started a, a data center business in the cellar of the business building using wood pallets to put the racks on in very early days, of course, and this was not uh, Central Western Europe or not the US. I'm talking about Eastern Europe. Now they're a very solid company. They grew up to 2000 employees and, and serve many different countries with uh, full flat solutions of, of internet access and uh, digital services in general. Another creativity I have, I have seen our own where we, we need to, we needed to become more flexible on how we enable different markets from the Dickies point of view. And for instance, we, we have discovered that it's not possible to, to have the same product uh, range as we do have in other countries. Sometimes you need to, you need to start uh, simple. You need to start different. In, if it comes to, to marketing, you need to, to rethink uh, and be more adaptive and more creative if it comes to the nature of specific market itself. And this makes it so powerful, just to your point. It's, uh, it's a huge variety of, of skills uh, different individuals can contribute into this industry because the industry is not about power, it's not about cables, it's not about software only. The industry is also about maintaining ecosystem, maintaining relationships with people. The industry is made by people, it's not made by robots. I must say, Dickies has a robot. Macbachi, we call him Macbachi for the emergency room. My kids have a little snow globe of it. Yeah. gave away the party. But the other thing that strikes me is that we are similar generations. We're all, I will say this for the record, I am one year younger than you guys. So I'm 43, so uh, uh, old fogies. We and, didn't see it. And one thing, yeah, I do look older than both of you, but 
the the one thing that that I have consistently noticed is that the people that are our generation that are in this industry are passionate about it because we we are kind of the last generation that has straddled both the the time before this kind of digital age and now. So it's all kind of it's it's just fantastical to us. It look it's like magic. The idea that you know when I was a kid. There was no such thing as having, you know, an iPad or an iPhone in my hand and my kids, you ca I can't get them off of these devices. And they just have this. That's just what they do is, you know, they, they understand how they work and have this expectation of immediate gratification and, and, and playing the, all these games and all this stuff. How much of, you know, where you like when you entered your formative years, when you got out of law school, do you think there was a, a timing element for getting you into this space? Is that why you love the space so much? Because of j just from a sheer timing perspective? I don't think, and as I said, I, I, I felt in love with, with the idea of learning more about the entire, the entire universe of, of, of digitalization in general. What is a data center? How a data center looks like? What is the domain name? How, how the domain business, domain registration business works? What what does ICANN do, for instance, as an organization? Terms, what is a cross-connect, the transport, all these upstream terms which are not self-explaining. And if you put those into relation to life and, and, and applications we all use, but also things we all want to do, I felt that there is a huge future ahead of me if I would start learning more about this. And this was the first step was on the law summit, discovering more the, the variety of law regulation and law development needs on the market if it comes to these new services, because everything, a lot of things were new. There was no law practice on this. You didn't have a lot of cases in the courts related to, to, to services or to products. Everything was kind of a greenfield. And this excited me and showed me that uh, over time we will, we will get involved more and more in digitalization, this automatically will happen. And, and as the years after they have proven this is what, what happened. Let's see today, I, have, I, I cannot imagine that a family can survive without digital services, mobile phones and, um, and tablets in general. Probably this can happen somewhere or happen somewhere on the planet, but I believe that this is um, not a benefit, this is a disadvantage. And I don't want to sound too altruistic, but this is my main motivation after being almost 20 years involved now uh, to do this with the passion and with the, with the pleasure as I do it. Because I believe that the mandate of what we do as individuals in this industry is a very important one. Providing the services, the infrastructure at the end, we make users live. Disregarding if you're talking about kids or or adults or, or grandfathers and grandmothers, uh, a better one because everybody uses today somehow digital devices and services. So if the infrastructure we're involved in is not that good as it is and is not um, developed further to cover literally everybody with proper services, those people will stay disadvantaged because they will not have the quality of life as other had. Yeah, well, I imagine the last 18 months having happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago, before there was Zoom, before there were, there were all of these enablement tools that yes, obviously our lives have been disrupted, but they've been disrupted so much less than at other any other time in history when, when this could have happened. Yeah, well, well I mean, on a positive note, uh, 
1908, I believe, was the Spanish fever. I think it was 1918. 1918. Yeah, that only lasted a year. <laughs> they didn't have guess, anywhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are a global world. Yeah, I love what you said earlier that we live in the data rush era. Everything is on our fingertips and everybody needs uh, a device to be connected. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I was actually just thinking about it on my way out here. Out of curiosity, how many connected devices I have at home? It's like 57. It's ridiculous. That sounds excessive. You really need your refrigerator to be connected? <laughs> what is it telling you? I, I have seen a nice, a nice, a nice, a nice picture. Let's say that the fixed line, the fixed line united the family. The mobile services divided the family. They have shown the a kind of a family um, sitting together for dinner and everybody was on his mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to each other. Right. So these are the, the some, somehow the kind of a negative effects, but in general, all these devices and services, uh, they made our life better. And then times like, like ours now, what we have experienced as, as a pandemic one, it, um, it was a, the, the best showcase possible that this industry can bring families together and, and, and allow us um, um, to minimize the, the effects of, of the crisis and even predict crisis next time better. We're yeah. in Orlando, so we'd be remiss if we didn't say it's a small world after all. It is. Well, <laughs> this has been absolutely phenomenal. This could be a show in itself. There's so much to share. Based on the trials and tribulations and the experiences that you've had over 44 years, what would you do differently if you were to start all over again? I will repeat everything as it was and, and probably I would have started earlier to think about getting involved in this industry and I will have skipped the, the reality TV show. Oh, come on. But you still would have been the DJ. Of course. Oh. DJ is my <laughs> bad. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Really enjoy the conversation. Maybe we're going to inspire a lot of DJs and reality talk show hosts to be future members of our industry because of you. And to build a data center. Look <laughs> at that bridge, right? <laughs> this has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on. And we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.